I'm at the Four States Cattle Conference down here in Texarkana, Texas, uh, and speaking with Dr. Daryl Peel, a livestock marketing specialist and economist with Oklahoma State University. And Dr. Peel, looking ahead to 2018, as you've just made your presentation to the uh, cattlemen down here, the situation has kind of improved here this year as far as uh, price and, and, and supplies go. We've got, a, in, in your words, the biggest supply of beef that we've had in a long, long time. That's right. You know, we've been expanding the cow herd since 2014. That has uh, now translated into, uh, obviously, a bigger uh, flow of feeder cattle through the markets and through the feedlots, and now is showing up as increased beef production in 2017, and that will certainly continue through 2018 and, and really through 2019 as well. Did I hear you say that we cattlemen here in the United States produced or are expected to produce more beef than ever before? By 2018, our projections now are that, that beef, total beef production in the U.S. will be a new record level, just a little bit over 27 billion pounds. And where's all that demand coming from and how are we going to, you know, sell all that beef? <laughs> well, you know, um, consumer demand in the U.S. has been very robust in 2017. That has been kind of the pleasant surprise. Uh, despite the increase in supplies, we've seen prices uh, hold up very, very well. Uh, and, and that's coming from the domestic market uh, as well as from the, the trade picture. But, you know, domestically, again, uh, we've not only got large beef supplies, but we've got large pork and poultry supplies, and those will continue to grow in 2018 as well. And yet at this time, we, you know, for the, for the, uh, for the time being, we see very robust uh, consumer demand. Uh, consumers are enjoying eating more beef. Uh, they're willing to pay at least as much, if not a little bit more, for that. And as long as that continues, then uh, the supply pressures will be less of a concern in 2018. And that's what I was going to ask. I mean, and going back just like four or five years, we experienced here in, in the Arklatex, if you will, certainly in Arkansas, a severe drought that really forced many cattlemen to cull their herds. And they had to rebuild those herds, and they have done that. That put pressure on price. But now consumers, uh, what can they look at on the retail level? Are those prices still going to be favorable? They will continue to work their, their way down, and you're absolutely right. We've been through a lot of dynamics. You know, one of the reasons we had record high prices in 2014 and 2015 was because uh, the drought forced us to liquidate down to levels we never planned to. And then the recovery from that, uh, we have recovered and, and, and fairly quickly to the point now where we're talking about record beef production coming at us. Um, but, you know, consumers have continued to... Uh, we are seeing prices adjust down, but, but relatively slowly, and, and that's probably the good sign. I think uh, you would say that demand in the form of the prices we're seeing is, is more than keeping pace with the increase in supply right now. And as long as that happens, then we, you know, again, we continue to see a bigger industry and, and, and some uh, net supply pressure, but that's minimized when we have this kind of strong demand. You touched on the importance of the Chinese market uh, as far as exports go. Uh, we've got a foot in the door now. Talk about what cattlemen and domestic consumers can look forward to with that Chinese market. I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic to see that evolve. Well, it certainly can be, and it certainly can be an important market for us. It's really not right now. You know, we're just at the early stages of that. Uh, step one was getting political access. We did that in 2017. Uh, then the longer term and much more uh, difficult process is to really economically earn some market share in that market. And that takes time. Uh, and, of course, at the same time, we, uh, the, the, the meat that actually goes in there has uh, restrictions on, on terms of being qualified. So we have to do things a little bit differently here to qualify for that market. So we're 
we're kind of in those early stages of sort of figuring out how much value is there and how much is it worth to us to chase that market. I think there's little doubt over time that there's potential in that market, uh, but I think it's probably a relatively longer-term process. It won't happen instantaneously. Uh, and at this point in time, you know, our other markets continue to be very, very important to us, but we could certainly add China to that list of extremely important markets for U.S. beef in the next uh, three to five years. Same time, it's important to maintain the relationships we've got with Mexico and Canada through NAFTA, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, I mean, uh, they're both important trading partners. Uh, we have very integrated uh, flows of beef with Canada and Mexico both. That means we both import and export from both of those countries. And sometimes people say, well, why would we do that? But, you know, it's, it, beef isn't one thing. It's a bunch of different products. And, and, and the markets are always trying to chase where each individual product has the most value. And so we can really help ourselves in the U.S., when we take products that we don't have as much value for in the U.S. and send them to another country that does value them more, it helps us two ways. It provides that additional value in that other market, but it also takes that product out of the U.S. where we would, would sell it at a lower price if it stayed here. So we really help ourselves two ways. Mexico and Canada are particularly important not only to the beef industry, but also uh, in terms of uh, total meat exports, pork and poultry added to it. When you add them together... NAFTA countries account for about 24% of our total exports. So if anything disrupts that, it's not just within the beef industry that we have problems. If we all of a sudden have to eat a lot more pork and poultry in the U.S., that's going to have an impact on the beef market as well. From a beef industry standpoint specifically, you know, we just want to make sure we don't sort of lose what we have. Uh, there's not a lot we can gain from this, but as we're trying to make some improvement in other areas, we want to make sure we don't slip on this. So looking forward to the new year, uh, you kind of presented a positive outlook for the cattlemen here today. Well, I think, I think there's reason to be positive. We do know there's some challenges. There will be more beef in 2018, uh, and so the supply pressures will be there. But 2017 has shown us that that's not the end of the world. As long as demand is good, as long as our trade picture continues favorable, uh, we, can, we can go through this and, and be a bigger industry and still uh, have uh, you know, good prices and, and decent opportunities for profitability. Been speaking with Dr. Daryl Peel, a livestock marketing specialist with Oklahoma State University. Thank you, Dr. Peel. You're very welcome.